0: Welcome to Music Forever, a podcast by the New Horizons International Music Association. I am Irene Cohen. Nina Anderson is an accomplished musician, educator, and performer in the larger Maine area in the United States. She is the founder and music director of the Southern Maine New Horizons Band that is based in Portland, Maine. Nina and I met in August 2023 at the New England Adult Music Camp. Okay, well, here we are at Snow Pond New England Adult Music Camp. And I'm talking to Nina Anderson today, who is also the camp director for this camp. Hello, Nina. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Irene. Thank you. So, tell us a little bit about your history, your music history. Where did it all start?
1: Well, I started like a lot of people start with an instrument in you know in grade school. I think sixth grade, probably when they offered playing an instrument in a band, and I, for some reason that I don't remember, picked the clarinet and started playing in the school band, and that's where I sort of started. And I went right through high school, and my first band director was um, William Moulton from Vermont, and I went to school in Vermont. We had a fantastic. Program. We were at a very sort of small, consolidated music school in the northeast corner of Vermont, so it was a lot of small towns that all had one high school, but they had the most fabulous music program. We had full band, full orchestra. We did like two musicals with a full pit every year. One. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of support and a lot of different experiences during that time. So that's where I got my, my start. Right, and, and it turned out that I was good at it. Yes. And so my parents supported getting me private lessons and I played in Allstate. I played in all New England and just really it was sort of was the focus of my life during my
0: high school years for sure. All right. Yeah. Was there music in the home? Did your parents play anything? Um, not
1: at that time. My father had played the saxophone when he was in high school and in college, but nobody played an instrument. And then my mother on my mother's side of the family, who she's from um, Oslo, Norway, she had some uncles who were professional musicians in the Oslo Philharmonic. Okay. So there was some of that. Yes. But not not happening in my home at right. the time that I was growing up.
0: But there may have been some DNA.
1: I, I'm thinking perhaps. Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's wonderful. Well, I mean the trajectory at that point was that I was going to go to school to study music. And yeah. so I um my band director at the time had recommended Mankato State University in Minnesota. And I went to school there and was there for a year and then it's not an uncommon story that, you know, other opportunities presented themselves, and I left and went out west to Seattle, Washington, and then to Alaska, and put the music away for almost 20 years. So yeah. all the way from the east to the west? All the way from the east to the west, and as far west as you can go, because I was out on the Alaska Peninsula, in Alaska out towards the Aleutian Islands. So I called my mother, and she was like, where, where are you going to end up next? <laughs> I was there for 11 years. I mean, in that remote part of Alaska in particular, music was that type of music that I had developed in high school. It was not really part of the culture there, and there weren't opportunities. And I, I was got married young and had some children, and I was that was sort of the focus of my life at yes. that point. So yes. it just yes. wasn't a play sport. But I had brought my clarinet. Wow. My clarinet has traveled with me throughout all of these changes, so I still had it. Then at some point in time, you decided, I want to get back into music. I decided with my husband at the time and our children to come back to the East Coast. And my father was here in the East Coast. He was in Maine, actually. And so that was sort of what brought me back to Maine specifically. And so we came here in 1987. And then he had taken up his instrument, his saxophone, again in his mid-50s. Wow. He had not played it since college. Yes. So he was sort of that model of, you know, I put it away and then here I am, I'm sort of coming out of my professional life, I'm looking for something else to do, and I think I'm going to take up music again. And he became quite serious about it. He took private lessons for years. He played in a number of groups, both concert band and jazz bands, and it was sort of it became sort of the focus of his life. Mm-hmm. So he was doing that, and he was connected to the community band community in Maine. So I started exploring that. I, I think within three years of moving to Maine, I joined a community band, started playing my clarinet again, and then I think maybe... Five years after that, I decided I wanted to go back to school to finish the degree that I had started after high school. I went to the University of Southern Maine in Gorham. I ended up doing a double major because I couldn't make up my mind about, do I want to do music education? Do I want to do performance? I went back and forth and finally I had almost the, the right amount of credits for both. So I just did finish. So I had a degree in clarinet performance and a degree in music education with an instrumental focus. Right. And when I was in school, one of the classes we were required to take was instrumental conducting. The teacher was uh, Dr. Peter Martin, and when I started with that program, he and I—he became my mentor. And I found that I just had a natural affinity for the conducting, and I loved it. And he saw that, and he really nurtured that with me and encouraged me. And then the band that my dad was playing in, which was the Italian Heritage Band at that point in time, was um, going through a transition around conductors. And so I talked with Peter Martin. I said, "Should I?" Should I apply, you know? And she so said, why not? Yeah. So I did, and I was hired as their associate. Those community musicians, that's, that's where my passion was. That's where I felt that was my place to work with folks who just loved making music, and not necessarily at a professional level,
0: but w- at whatever level they could. What is it about conducting that, that you, you thought,
1: this is what I want to do? Leonard Bernstein has always been someone that I admired. Just the the idea of sort of being able to work with a group of people and create, be sort of in that position of creating sound, a picture of sound with others, mm-hmm. and to find
0: the way to be expressive around that was very appealing. It is a leadership role. It's Absolutely. A, it's 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 You're not just the educator, you're the leader. I find as a player, you, you want to please your conductor. You yep. always want to make sure that... You know, you make them happy, you know. So here you were 20 years with one community band, and then tell us more about what happened after that.
1: So I was at a point with the group where it felt like it was time for a change for a variety of reasons. And there was one member of the group, uh, Lauren Peters, who was a friend of mine, and he had heard of the New Horizons organization. Mm -hmm. And he also had heard of the New England Adult Music Camp that I think had just started around that time. I think we started here in 2013. I think he thought I would be a good fit for that and so he started sort of encouraging me to explore that mm. and when I left that group in 2016 I think the year before I left I ended up meeting Diane Muffet we were we somehow got connected to do a um, radio show with um, Maine Public Radio Colin they do they interview different guests about different topics all the time so right. the two of us were invited to be there and to t- just talk about community music making right with wind bands and so I met her And we ended up talking a lot, and she told me about this camp. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that just sounds like right up my alley. Yes. (laughs) So I came in 2016 as a camper to To be be, here while she was the director Mm -hmm. and spent the week here as a camper like you all are doing and just had so much fun. And then at the end of that week, Diane announced that she was stepping down. And and so I was already exploring and I think actually was planning at that point to start my own New Horizons group yeah. in Maine in the Greater Portland area. And then when she announced her resignation I was talking to Patty Hurley, the trumpet specialist and mm-hmm. she and I had developed a report during the week and I had told her about my background. She said, He would be such a good fit for this for this program. Yes. And so I approached John Wigan, who runs the snow pond organization up here and said, I'd really like to be considered for the job. Wow. They hired me. And so within that first year from the time the 2016 Diane stepped down, I began to work on taking this over and I started my own New Horizons group in Portland. And I started working with New Horizons, the organization, the national organization, to begin to get the tools and the resources that they provided. Yes. I think I got a mentor um, who sort of was my contact person with the organization to sort of help me know how how do I do this, you know, and some of the, they had resources at that time that that I could use to sort of help me know how to structure it
0: so how did you find players for your band
1: and so i think it was mostly word of mouth at first initial and some people that i knew Mm -hmm. um and so we had a core group of seven had our first semester in the fall and played a little concert i still remember it and i have i think three founding members in the band now that remember it well too Mm -hmm. it was it was a little shaky yeah but um yeah that's how we got started.
0: Well, that's a huge change from being a conductor of a well established community yeah, with yeah. 70 people. Yes. And then go <laughs> to a little band of possibly beginner or intermediate players who had you know, played so for 56 years right? or had never played at all. Yeah, yeah. It was that's a big very change. brave of you. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, but, what sort of challenges did you face? Did you ever think, why am I doing
1: this? Yeah. There were many times where, because it is, it is, and I appreciate you acknowledging or noticing that there is a big difference in from what I had been doing where, you know, community band, they, a lot of these new horizon groups, they kind of look the same, but they function and they feel they're very different, especially as the conductor and the one sort of facilitating the process, you know, community band, you show up and you, you know, you facilitate the music selection, you prepare for rehearsals and stuff, but, and then you just conduct a rehearsal. Yes. You know, new horizons, there's so much else more to it than yes. that. And, you know, and I sort of knew that, but then actually doing it, and you're often dealing with smaller groups. You don't have the ideal instrumentation. Yes. You're dealing with lots of different levels of learning, trying to support that. And so, yeah, there's a lot more a lot more yeah. effort involved, I think.
0: A totally different challenge. Yeah. And, and you really have to want to do that and, and be that type of an educator. How do you deal with a growing band and people playing at different levels?
1: The goal is to sort of help people grow musically, and often that may result in them going off and finding something else that they're ready for that's at a different level. Yeah. And then you have to let them go. Yes. So that's not always easy, especially if you have a a small group. A little bigger. We're now up to about, we we range between 20 and 25 of us. Oh, that's a great group. Yeah. So it's a nice group with pretty decent instrumentation. But we found that we were starting to really bump up against, you know, people who were not ready for that sort of level and people who were ready to go to that level. So we created a beginner band. Excellent. And that, we've been doing that for, I think this would be our second full year doing that. And that's been great because then you can spend more time on the educational piece, slower, people question and answer kind of stuff, and that works well. I mean, I think as I think why Diane Muffet was such a great fit for this camp and her New Horizons group. She's a middle school band teacher. Yes. That's her background. She yes. spent decades doing that. Yes. I don't have all that experience. I did public school for a little while, and I have that education. But you really need the pedagogy almost for every single instrument to yes. be able to do that, and that's
0: that's not easy to it do. It's not easy, um, and and sort of that sense of sort of starting at the base of things. Um, right. Some people just have that, probably because mm-hmm. of their background, like you're describing. Nina, you already mentioned the New Horizons International Music Association that you approach to get some ideas as to how to start up a band. Yep. Uh, the support that you could get. Tell us a little bit about how you then got connected with Nima even
1: further. So I just saw an email came through. It's like Nima's looking for a treasure. and my day job is I um, have my own business that I do nonprofit bookkeeping for small nonprofit organizations. Yes. And I thought this sounds like yeah a match made in heaven. It, it and it <laughs> was. I like, yeah. put music and that together and be supportive of something that I love. Yeah. And it sounded it sounded like it sounded like a small tiny little job. Yeah. And it
0: was not. <laughs> it was not. But that's another story. Um, we, we did need a new treasure and, yeah. and we were very nervous about this. And then Nina's application came in and it was for us too uh, a match made in heaven. And the only thing that happened then is that the pandemic uh, yeah. broke out um, and suddenly everything changed. Um, and uh, we took on some large tasks. And I would say that Nina was really the driver behind all this when it comes to the technology changing our website changing our database
1: getting everything
0: sort of in the next millennium yeah um, and that was a lot of work it was a huge project for sure yeah, yeah. luckily we have time because we were we all did. Just at home
1: the timing of that
0: was perfect perfect <laughs> we just saw each other a lot on zoom and you get to know each other and um, yeah. certainly uh, Nina's organizational skills are amazing <laughs> Tell us a little bit what it takes to organize a band camp. What are the great things about it? What are some of the challenges?
1: The great thing about it is being here with everybody this week, especially when you have the kind of weather that we've had the last four days, which has been spectacular. Um, Every year I'm so taken by the overall enthusiasm and joy that I just see on every person that's here. I mean, I just am amazed by that. And the joy at being able to make music like this. Yes. I mean, I'm I'm just... that, for me, is just a reminder of how much this impacts people's lives in a positive way. Yeah. So I think that's that's the big piece that's great about it. Yeah. And I, and, and it is a lot of work. There's a lot of details. Yes. <laughs> to be worked out. Yes. You know, a yes. lot
0: of details, both before
1: camp and, and at camp.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, there are. And some of those details you've never dealt with in your no. life. People think that this is what you've done all your life. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know how to do this. Now, luckily, you are a very organized person. So you are capable of pulling it off. Uh, just somebody today in band said to me, I'd love to organize a band camp in Vermont. What is involved? And so NEMA can support them. We have a, 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 a camp guide that shows how you can organize a camp because it's still for everyone. On the other hand, yeah. if you have those skills, yeah. uh, get in touch with us. Um, and, um, you know, we can always get you in touch with somebody who's done this so that you can understand what you're up to. Yeah. Um, because that is really important to know. Yeah. Your um, level of enthusiasm is felt by the people, and then they want to start doing something yeah. in turn. They also feel like they would like to give back in some way. Yeah. So it takes people like yourself to... to And Diane yep. uh, and Linda, who who have you know created this camp. Yeah. The objective, what Diane and I have carried
1: on is to really... Enforce or reinforce that whole New Horizons philosophy, yeah. which is non-competitive, supportive, educational. Your best is good enough. That's right. You know. Yeah.
0: yeah. We're, we're not going to argue at this stage of our lives. No. <laughs> no. We're just going to have fun <laughs> and right. make music and make music and, and yeah, and try to be relaxed about it. That's As right. much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. if you like to join, join. I mean, then nobody will be mad at you don't no, play You don't play it. it, don't after it, after. Play it yeah. Right. No. We we're, We understand. We get it. <laughs> Is there anything else that you would like to say about this, this whole experience and where this has led you? It's impacted me in just the way I interact with
1: people in my life in general. Mm-hmm. You know, just a, a broader ability to be accepting of people from coming from wherever they're coming from yeah. and just doing the best they can. Yes, And that philosophy I sort of have learned to apply to whatever context in my life I'm yes. in. Yeah, you know, and try to try to live that, and I've got to practice that a lot yes. working with these because
0: I believe in it, which is why I'm here. If there's somebody out there listening today um, and s- says, "Well, I am afraid to start a music instrument, or uh, you know, I have an old saxophone somewhere, but I, I haven't got a clue how to work this," but we should tell them. Um, I tell them just to take the leap because I know, I mean, in,
1: in my own New Horizons group, I've encountered probably more people that have said, "Oh, I want to come and try." that have not taken that leap, then I have people who have taken a leap. And i thought a lot about what is the obstacle? What are the obstacles that keep them? And sometimes it's just life circumstances just don't allow it right yeah. now. You know, I've got other commitments or other things going on. But I think one of the big obstacles is, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be successful. And, you know, and that's like that word successful. What does that mean? That's right. You know, and you just, all you have to do is put, you know, come, Put the spirit together and have some take a leap of faith. That yeah. you'll be supported, especially yeah. we have in New Horizons. That's what it's about. We'll support you and we'll help you find your way and yeah. be willing to take that risk.
0: Nina, thank you so much. You're for welcome doing this interview. Thank you for us. And asking we found you. the perfect spot to we do did. it. We did. <laughs> thank you so much. And thank keep you. doing what you're doing because everybody loves what you're creating. Thank you. Thank you so much Thanks. for everything you do. You're welcome. I would like to thank Nina Anderson for giving the interview for this podcast. If you would like to find out more about Nina's New Horizons Band, you can find that information on their website at southernmainenewhorizonsband.org. Music for this podcast by Mary Riddle. Swag on. for Joining us for this episode of Music Forever. If you are interested to be interviewed for this podcast, please email us at Nima Podcast at Gmail.com. That is N H I M A Podcast at Gmail.com. See you next time.